This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hi, sexies and erotica connoisseurs. I'm Avril. I must have done something right, because I'm back hosting the show. Anyway, it's been a problematic, difficult month behind the scenes with illness and dropouts. The main casualties of these hardships are the next episode of The Infidelity Diaries and the Blueprint Writing Guide for the Rumors Anthology. Anyway... In regards to this episode, we have interviews featuring star recommendation-winning author Alec Lake, followed by the transgender erotica writer Lily Lustwood. We have reviews of three erotica titles later, but we're going to start with a preview from yet another series, available exclusively on our Patreon, written by Pornica Assam. Babylonia is about a young, sexually liberated Persian woman from Iran living in the UK. Just like her displaced Babylonian ancestors before her, she embraces this new world of debauchery as a loner, a Babylonia. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. He followed my gaze and I watched with amusement as his nervous energy threatened to make his dark skin blush. He took a step back and rubbed his neck. Um, I am sorry, he muttered. As you should be, I stayed before walking away. As I walked back to my cubicle, my friend Dia stopped me. How long are Mark and you going to be at each other's neck? She asked, exasperated. Until the end of days, I sat, sleeping into my chair. Dia watched me for a moment before dismissing me with a shake of her head to continue working. Wise choice. Mark had always been a pain in the ass since I had joined the office a few years ago. He had a weird way of making me feel uncomfortable and I suspected he was making crude comments about me. For the longest time, I had let him be, but there came a time when ignoring his behavior was no longer an option. I had to stand up for myself, because no one else would. Dia did, but he used to make fun of her too, because she would stand up for me. Mark was a middle school boy trapped in an outlet's body. All destroyed, I suppose, and tiny dick energy. He never got in trouble though, because he was terrific at what he did. Shaking thoughts of Mark out of my head, I tried to focus back on the work that I was supposed to do. Usually, my job annoyed me, but my date with Malcolm tonight was motivating me to get through it all. I could not wait to get back home. 
after parking my car, I hurried to our apartment. I rang the bell and waited for him to open the door for me. I was beyond excited to see what he had planned for me tonight. Hey babe, Malcolm greeted me with his Hollywood smile, pulling me in for a kiss. I melted against his arms, my fatigue already evaporating. How was your day? He mumbled against my hair. Very long, I replied, only for him to chuckle. What are we doing tonight? Come on in, I will tell you. He led me into the lounge, gesturing me to sit on the couch. I was thinking why don't we recreate our first time together today. Honestly, I was a little disappointed, but Malcolm looked so happy that I forced on a smile for his sake. Sounds great. You don't like my idea, he said, reading the room. I do, I lied, not wanting to upset him. He must have thought I would have liked the idea if he had suggested it. Wrapping my arms around his neck, I stood on my toes to kiss him. As my lips found his, he relaxed, revealing a delightful grin gracing his face. I pretended to be hesitant like I was when we first kissed. When his tongue stroked my bottom lip, I gasped before parting my lips to grant it access. You taste so sweet. Moko mumbled against my lips, sending shivers down my spine. This might not be such a bad idea after all. I was getting better by the second. Slowly Malcolm led me out of the lounge and into our bedroom, closing the door behind us. He slammed me against a wall. I moaned into his mouth, my hand raising to pull him closer to me. He pressed his heart on into my stomach, rubbing it against me as if to show me how much he wanted me. Oh God, how I wanted him. I pulled away from him, opening my blouse and throwing it on the floor. I watched as his eyes left my lips and locked onto my breasts in a lacy white bra. You wore that to work? Malcolm cracked. I nodded innocently as if it had been a coincidence. He groaned, stepping closer to me and kissing the top of my breast. I threw my head back, allowing him to play with them. With one quick flick of his hands, he released the clasp of my bra, letting it fall to the ground. Come here, he growled, pulling me roughly toward him before lifting me off my feet. Throwing me onto my bed, he mounted me, spreading my legs. I tried to remove my skirt, but he stopped me with a firm grip on my wrist. Join us on Patreon for more of this. This may have just ended up pleasurable for me. As my eyes fell down on the side of his cock disappearing in my pussy, 
only to reappear drenched in my juices seconds later, I imagined it was someone else fucking me. A mysterious stranger, one night stand who I would never see again, fucking my brains out. I rubbed my clit harder, stopping for a moment to slap it with my palm before continuing. The ache that shot through my pussy provided increased pleasure. I felt my breathing grow heavier as pleasure began to pump through me. Wave after wave of a blissful sensation that left no part of my body untouched. My body shuddered from the feeling of his cock thrusting within my way. Our Patreon offer is incredible with a vast catalog of erotica audiobook content and exclusive podcasts, which are added to each month. Unlike the most popular audiobook subscription service, you can listen to everything available in your chosen tier when you wish and can cancel at any time. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hot, steamy erotica for you to look out for. Out in the Night by Lena Nix. Time flowed and skipped inconsistently in the dream. Suddenly, she was succumbing to his kiss, without knowing how it happened. One moment, she was fighting him, and the next, she was moaning as his tongue plunged deeper into her mouth. He had released her wrists, evidently satisfied that she was now captive to her desire. But he didn't relax the grasp he was using to control the kiss. Tease for Two by James Hardcourt Natalie might like to think she's kinky, but until last night, it was nothing but ideas and fantasies. How will she handle reality in the form of her hot, cute, and dominant neighbor taking her on their first date? Travel with her on an emotional roller coaster as she discovers that sometimes... Reality doesn't always match up to her ideas. Sometimes it can be even better. Especially when assisted by a remote-controlled vibrator. And for Brandon, just coming out of a messy breakup, will her love of edging and denial be a turnoff? Or a new kink that will open up a whole new world for them both? Links can be found in the description. It's time for our first author interview with last month's star recommendation winner, Alec Lake. Hello, Alec. Your latest title, My Soccer Mom Milf, won our coveted star recommendation. For those unfamiliar with this title, what could they expect to read? My Soccer Mom Milf is a story for a young man who recently moving into a new area, decides to join the local book club. And when he gets there, he finds out that all the other members are middle-aged women. Uh, when it becomes his turn to pick a book, he gets them to read his favorite free use erotica. It turns out that the group really enjoy this and the head of the uh, book club invites him back to her house to discuss what they've read. And from there, things get spicy. Taking a glimpse at your works, you've written in titles in multiple erotic niches, from femdom to free use and hot wife. Which niches are your favorite to write? 
And what do you try and keep consistent from book to book? When I first started writing erotica stories, I was mainly doing Hot Wife, but that very quickly changed, so I went into free use because that was the thing that interested me most. And I found out that free use can be used in various types of stories. You can have a hot wife story that features free use. So most of my stories since then have featured at least a little bit of free use in them. And the other constant in my books I like to think is that the people end up with a happy ending. It may not be a happy ever after, but everyone at the end of the story has got something out of it and feels better than they did at the start of it. One of the unique, unexpected aspects of this book is that it features an interview with yourself at its conclusion. There's also the promise of an interview with another author in the next book. Why did you feel compelled to include this? And which authors are you targeting for interviews for your next couple of books? One of my main reasons for doing this book series was that I wanted to help promote authors that I enjoyed myself or I thought needed a bit more exposure. Uh, one way of doing that I thought would be to interview them at the end of the book. And as I was the first author in the series, I thought, well, why not interview myself? Uh, it's something a bit funny and unique and people might enjoy it. As for the other authors in the series, uh, I'm still working on a list it looks like at the moment there'll be five books in the series, but it's no secret that the next author will be Lacey Cross, so you can look forward to that interview in the next book. As erotica readers, we loved the Easter eggs you put in this book. Was this a first for you? What was the main inspiration for that? Pretty much every book that I've ever written has had an Easter egg in it. Sometimes it will be private jokes between me and other erotica writers. Sometimes it will be stuff that readers will be able to pick up on and understand. For instance, my first series, The Hot Wife Adventures, the third book has a scene that takes place in a bookstore with the uh, husband from the series doing a book signing. So that can be read fine on its own and makes total sense. But then in the next series, my Freeze Fridays books, we have one scene where the character meets a girl at the book signing from the other series. So you don't need to have read the first series for you to enjoy this, but if you have read it, it's a nice little crossover so that you can see that all these people live in the same world together. Uh, I had a very similar thing where in one of my Camilla Chronicles books I did a scene that was set in a cafe and all of the people in the cafe were references to works by other erotica writers. It's just a little thing that keeps things interesting. In this title it's obvious you have some sort of connection to Lacey Cross. Could you tell me more about that? Have you been working on titles together? Lacey Cross is without doubt my favourite erotica writer. Her Illicit Desires series in particular is pretty amazing. When I first started out on Twitter posting about my books, 
Lacey was one of my first cheerleaders and over the time that we've known each other she's really helped improve my writing. I've been very lucky that I've had a chance to write with her on a few occasions including the Holiday Heat series that we did and another one on Amazon Vela called A Kink in the Deal that the two of us did along with Kristen Lance. Uh, hopefully in the future we'll be able to do some more writing uh, but mainly I just want to read everything that she does because it's amazingly written and has so much heart in it. What does the future hold? What's next for Alec Lake? At the moment I'm writing the third book in the Camilla Chronicles which is a series of horror eroticas. Once that's done I'll be working on the sequel to My Soccer Mum Melf and then after that uh, an as yet unnamed free use series that I'll be doing with a group of uh, very talented erotica writers which should be coming out at the start of next year. And as always I'll be posting little extra stories on Medium and uh, in my newsletter. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? Sure. Here's an extract from the third Carmilla Chronicles story that I'm working on at the moment, which will give you an idea of the flavour of the story. Carmilla rushed through the corridors and tried to keep up with Lisa. She'd never seen so many of the staff about and realised they'd all stopped what they were doing to come help out in the emergency. She'd only been working at the cat house for a few days and already she'd experienced things beyond her wildest dreams. Seduced by a vampire, possessed by a horny ghost, watching a woman give herself to be bred by a werewolf, not to mention realising she had a major crush on her co-worker Lisa, but by comparison this looked like it was going to be the biggest thing yet. When the emergency lights started flashing red and the sirens went off, Lisa tried to explain as quickly as she could. The Kraken is not an M-word, not really. They didn't use the word monster, think it was disrespectful to the clients, who on the whole were friendly and charming. The Kraken is an alien, Lisa went on. It crashed here thousands of years ago into a cave system below us, and every now and again it tries to break free. That's why the first cat house was set up here, built right on top of it, so that we could keep an eye on it and try to prevent an escape attempt. Camilla was surprised with how easily she took to the idea that aliens existed. With the way her life was now, maybe she would bear to adjust to most things that easy. And how do we stop an ancient alien, she asked, following Lisa through the door and out into the corridor. By letting it fuck us. All of us. Which other erotica authors do you think we should be keeping an eye out for? What niches are they known for? I think it goes without saying that I think everybody should be reading Lacey Cross's books. Her Miranda series, which is about 15 stories altogether, is a tale of a hot wife and her continuing adventures and also how that hot wife experience brings her and her husband together. Uh, it's a masterclass on what seems at first to be just some fluffy erotica stories that builds and builds into one long tale 
and allows you to see that relationship develop. The other person that I'd like to mention is Kristen Lance, who mainly uh, writes male, male, female stories. Uh, there's a ongoing joke that if it's one of her stories and there's two guides in it, swords will cross. Uh, she does really good contemporary modern characters in believable situations where threesomes occur and if that's your kind of thing you really should be reading it how can we follow alec lake on social media at the moment i don't have many social media links but you can find me at twitter at oxy from sg and my pinned tweet there will give you a link to join my newsletter, which is my main way of communicating to my readers. It goes out at least two times a month and is full of new information on upcoming stuff and usually has links to either freebies or exclusive stories. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for having me. It's been a real treat to uh, get an opportunity to talk to you. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. It's time for Filth, the erotic book review. Find out which title we will be endorsing this month. Okay, people, let's do this. Three erotic tales, three reviews. This is Filth, the erotic book review. Okay, we know the drill. Let's get started with our first title. Mixtapes and Mistakes by D.L. Holmes He brought her to his storage unit, and she took her shirt halfway towards her head while he undid his pants before she changed her mind and said no. I'm sorry, I need privacy in a bed if I want to do you right, she said, grabbing his face and forcing eye contact. You want me to do you right, don't you? He nodded a response and fashioned his pants. Went to kiss her, but she turned her head and said later before getting back in the passenger side of the car. About seven o'clock at night, a few days later, he received a text from her saying that she needed to get drunk and she needed to get fucked. And upon receiving her address, Space Boy got in his car and drove unaware that he was driving to meet her with her fiancé. The man descended the stairs, appearing like an aged and weary shaggy if Scooby had died of parvo just a few years earlier. He leaned into the driver's side and said, I trust you're going to take care of her. To which the incredible, uncomfortable space boy nodded and began driving off as soon as the runaway was buckled into his car. He's such an asshole, she said. Your fiancé? responded Space Boy as he drove towards the hotel room he had purchased and set up for what he thought would at least be a pseudo-romantic evening. 
The runaway proceeded to explain that he wasn't really her fiancé, that they weren't really together. It was a complicated situation, and they hadn't even slept together as he couldn't get it up. And when he did, he was one stroke and done. Not like Space Boy, because Space Boy could fuck, and she needed to get fucked. He suddenly understood the situation for what it was, and knew exactly what his role was, and what he meant and was supposed to do. Or so he thought. When they got to the room, she lay on his chest a bit, missed about how upset she had gotten with her weight, and that he probably wasn't as attracted to her as he once was. To which Space Boy replied by unbuckling her pants with his teeth, before sliding his fingers along the sides of her panty line and removing them as he slid his tongue into her vagina. He lapped and sucked at her clit into her moans, and sighs were once again familiar, before using one hand to free and steady his hardening cock, while using the other to lift her shirt and remove her bra. He slid into her and thrust her breast free from drossling, and for a moment, it seemed that she was satisfied with the actions taking place. However, that soon changed. He saw a blankness come across her face, a hollowness, and he slowed to ask if she was all right. But she simply assured him before turning around and spreading herself in front of him. He traced her vaginal walls with the tip of his hardness before sliding back into her and hearing her shriek, grabbed onto her wide hips and rode the wave that she motioned back towards him, stirring his orgasm to the surface. Where do you want me to come? He said in a trembling voice. Wherever you want, I'm all yours, she said. He grabbed her hips tighter and pounded away until he was filling her, filling her with anger, frustration at the situation, questions and comments to undo her lies, and a sad last thrust to fill her with love. He felt weak, and one glance over at the mirror made him feel disgusted with himself. She asked him if he was okay, and of course he wasn't. Here he was, filling up another man's girlfriend, wife, lover, roommate, whatever. Whatever lie or truth there was that he could either know, wonder about, or choose to believe. He was in the exact same spot he'd worked so hard to run away from, and he knew it. Space Boy hated himself. As they dressed, she asked for a cigarette, and he pulled one from the pack in his front right pocket, and lit it for her as they shared a glance. She began to shed a tear, but wiped it before it fell. I guess it's impossible for someone like you to love someone like me, huh? She said. I only ever love people like you, he thought. This book documents the movements of our protagonist, Space Boy, in a third-person perspective accompanied by the odd few lines of dialogue between the characters. The story takes us on a journey of reflection as we tackle emotional triggering subjects with a good dose of self-hatred for good measure. The book is a throwback to the MySpace era with several references of the day. Chastity by Melanie Russell 
to hammer her point home, she straddled you and began to grin her cunt against your entombed cock. Your balls were already swelling with frantic excitement. She gasped joyously as the coldness of the steel teased her pussy, but she knew you couldn't feel any of it, not even a slither. She pulled her thong aside and slid the tip of the cage inside as far as it could go. She began to rock back and forth. You watched in agony, your hands straining against the cuffs as her swollen lips engulfed your cock, but delivered nothing but anguish, at least to you. She was loving every second of it. You'll never come again, she taunted. That is the cost of serving me. Maybe if you're a good little caged whore and you obey your mistress, maybe I'll peg you. Maybe you'll come like a good slut. Only minutes into eternity, you were willing and desperate for that. You nodded your head frantically, whimpering pathetically. Don't worry, slave. You'll get used to it soon. They say after a month you start forgetting you even have a cock, she teased. You'll barely know it's there. She reached backward and between your legs to clasp your swollen balls in her soft, warm hand. She firmly squeezed them. You grunted, wincing as she tightened her grip. But these big, swollen balls are going to be so ripe for torture. She grinned teasingly, slapping them gently. She continued grinding gently on your locked cock, the way her lips swallowed the metal, the way it prevented any sensation at all, even in the most pleasurable of places, was agony. Yet you loved it. You craved it. Eventually, she sought a new excitement. She pulled the ball gag out of your mouth, and it fell to your neck. She dragged the saturated, dark blue boy shorts from your lips and sniffed them. Ugh, slave, these stink. You've done a terrible job cleaning them. Sorry, mistress, you pleaded. She rolled her eyes and pulled the panties over your face. The fabric blinded you, and she ensured the sweatiest, most pungent part of the underwear covered your nostrils, so that you'd have no choice but fill your lungs with her hypnotic scent. She clambered upwards, unlashing her crotch so that her pussy and asshole were freed from the leather confines of her leotard. Unaware of what was about to transpire, you waited until your lips were engulfed in hers. The wetness of her cunt spread over your mouth, and you heard the command you were desperate to hear. Lick. Your tongue forced itself outwards and navigated around her soft, engorged labia, coating itself in the slightly sour, almost metallic taste of her sex. She cooed as her thighs tightened over your face, locking your head in place as her hips began to sway back and forth. Your tongue dived into her vagina, scooping out any and all traces of her arousal with emphatic desire. You inhaled deeply through your nose as she leaned back, her panties now coated with a fresh layer of her scent. The smell drove you wild, 
and you could feel your locked cock spitting arousal from the tiny slit in the metal. She giggled softly, grabbing hold of your scrotum with one hand and your hair with the other. She used both to guide her grinding. Her breathing was quickening as your tongue desperately put to work all the pussy-eating lessons your mistress had bestowed upon you. She'd turned you into her ideal cunt-looker and armed you with every ounce of knowledge and every tidbit on how to pleasure her most effectively when put to work. You danced your tongue around her clit, pressing it gently at some times and firmly at others. Her hips gyrated, painting your face in her thick, salty juices. Sweat and cum spread over you, almost waterboarding you through the stagnant panties pulled over your face. She howled like a banshee and squeezed your testicles. You bucked like a bull and moaned deeply into her cunt. She loved that. Her tightening, quivering thighs told you as much. Mistress, close to orgasm, slid up on your face, positioning her asshole over your mouth and raising her cunt up to be pleasured by her fingers. Finally granted that which you wished for, a demonstration of how low you saw yourself compared to her. You forced your tongue into the tight muscle of her pink, puckered sphincter and teased each and every nerve you could. She gasped in delight as you tasted her asshole and all the sweat that came along with it. The arousal was almost too much for you. A sick, tight feeling spread from your crotch as your cock magnificently strained against its confines. Precum was leaking like a fountain as your cock squeezed itself like a citrus fruit within the walls of its cage. It wasn't until now that you truly understood the pleasures, the joys, and the arousal of being excluded from those exact things. It felt like edging, but on steroids. Knowing that she and she alone was in charge of if and when you'd ever come again was beyond mesmerizing. You'd now relinquished full control to her, and she had accepted it with a grin on her lips and her ass on your face. Your tongue circled her anus, her finger teased her clit, your submission, and her weight on your face as the cherry on top culminated in a blissful array of expletives hollered out and breathy, whimpering moans that announced the arrival of an orgasm so potent you almost felt it yourself. To you, the greatest tastes, the greatest pleasures came from her. The taste of her pussy, her sweat, her spit, her butt. You craved them like drugs, a rampant addiction that you never wanted to be rid of. A reconditioning and one that you had asked her for. As your tongue plunged into her butthole, feeling it tense and tighten as the climax spread through her, you realized your dreams were now fulfilled. Here, you can expect a super concise title based on the femdom variety written in an instructional style for a male audience. She tells us what to think and how we feel in this compelling short read. Taken by the Lost Tribe by May Fellowbrook How many guys did it take before this experience officially counted as a gangbang? Well, 
She supposed it didn't really matter. Vivian never imagined that she would be into this. But it seemed like she was discovering all sorts of new things about herself tonight. The cock in her mouth spluttered and twitched, spilling down her throat. Her tongue darted out as she sucked hard, swallowing the tattooed man's spunk as best she could, enjoying the way his fingers tangled in her hair, keeping her head firmly in place as he pumped the last of himself down her throat. A new dick was sliding into her poor, overworked ass, thrusting awkwardly as the stranger tried to match his rhythm to Ulf's. The sky was smaller, or else she was getting too stretched out for her own good. But what he lacked in size, he made up for in technique. The sting of penetration had faded by now, and the previous guy's jizz was proving to be excellent added lubrication. Vivian hated herself a little bit for finding that concept so unbelievably, mind-blowingly sexy. The men of the cave were completely encircling her at this point, and she was pretty sure goddamn Q had popped up behind her as they each waited their turn to use her, to fuck her, to drive her completely mad with carnal bliss. At some point, she found herself losing track of how many guys had plunged themselves into her mouth or into her ass. All the while, she remained seated on Ulf, his stamina apparently boundless. Time had lost all meaning to her, her worries seemingly forgotten amidst the haze of exhaustion and arousal. Nothing really mattered, did it? Maybe she was letting herself get fucked by a weird group of role players. Or maybe she'd fallen through some sort of goddamn time portal and was getting fucked by real, bona fide Neolithic men. Even if she had no way of ever getting home, she couldn't bring herself to give a shit about it right then. Would it be so bad if this was her life now? If she was trapped here forever with these men? Surely there were worse fates. Eventually, Inevitably, she discovered that Ulf wasn't some superhuman machine. Just when she felt like she was at her breaking point, about to trip over into an orgasm that, frankly, she feared would destroy her, Ulf snarled something vicious at the other men, yanking her close and crushing her to his chest. The rest of her partners retreated obediently back into the darkness, and then Ulf was flipping her over, splaying her out luxuriously on the furs like she was some sort of primordial queen. And then, well, if she'd thought she'd known by now what it was like to be fucked, she would have been wrong. So very, very wrong. Ulf tilted her hips upwards, driving into her with such animalistic force and possessiveness that she couldn't help the strangled scream that escaped her throat. It felt like her sanity was splintering away from her, replaced with nothing but frenzied euphoria and terrifying pleasure. And she wasn't sure how she'd ever be able to have sex any other way again. Nothing would ever compare to this. It felt so natural to be taken this way. No words, no deeper meaning. Just a raw connection between two creatures desperate to mate. She could imagine so easily that she was nothing but an early proto-human, 
living somewhere in the wild, untouched lands of the Paleolithic. Nothing mattered here but survival, taking pleasure and protection wherever it could be found. Right now, as he plunged ruthlessly inside of her, over and over again, grunting out his passions, there were animals and nothing more. He held himself up with one impressive arm, the cords of muscle flexing and twitching on his bicep as he used his free hand to pot her breasts, her collarbones, her neck, gliding across her sweaty skin like a brand. These hands had probably killed before, perhaps in defense or even as a show of strength, and she knew she should have been unsettled by such a thought. But she wasn't. She wasn't scared of Ulf, or at least not enough to have any sense of self-preservation. Vivian wanted him. As soon as she'd seen him standing before her with his broad shoulders and golden wildfire eyes, a spark had been lit within her. She'd wanted to be dominated by him, owned by him, completely and utterly. And now she was. Vivian threw her head back and let him maneuver her how he wished, let him use her body however it pleased him. Their skin was pressed together from thigh to shoulder, his tongue delving into her mouth and dancing with her own, tasting her, sucking at her swollen lips, cleaning her of any trace of the men who'd come before. The hard marble of his abs was sliding against her own so marvelously, sweat making them slick, his pelvis grinding down against her clit as she arched up to meet him. Fuck, yes, don't stop, she begged, her keening moan spurring him on. A low growl issued from his throat, his thrusting speeding up, becoming more unpredictable erratic and urgent. Panting hard, Vivian hooked her legs around him, dragging him closer, clinging to him, trying to pull him in as deep as she could. Our archaeologist protagonist, Vivian, stumbles upon a group of primitive-behaving cavemen after becoming separated from her team. As the fascinated men study her smooth skin and clothing, their primal instincts kick in, providing us with some raw, carnal group sex scenes which need to be read to be believed. We asked our star recommendation winning guest, Alec Lake, to help us review these titles. Here's what he thought. Mixtapes and Mistakes by D.L. Holmes This was a fascinating read. The title is perfect because just like a mixtape, this story is taken in little chunks, mixed around put into a different order so that instead of somebody's life going forward you have little moments from throughout it sometimes in the past sometimes in the future you get to see little glimpses into the life and how it shaped them and how it affects their different relationships there's actually very little sex in this just enough to give you a little hint but it's really all about how the main character's relationships with people over the years moulds him. It's a really good read, 
but I'm not sure if I would class it as erotica. Chastity is the perfect story for Locktober. If you're into femdom stories, or especially denial stories, then this is the one for you. It's quite a short read, but it packs a punch with lots of sex, domination, and a good story all about how a sub ends up serving his mistress. Taken by the Lost Tribe by May Fellowbrook. I really enjoyed this story. What could have been a very run-of-the-mill story of a woman getting lost in the forest and encountering some cavemen is heightened by the fact that May has made the main character Vivian a fully breathing character. We get to see what her thoughts are at all times and her motivations for doing what she does. It's a really good story in a setting that I haven't really seen before and the sex in it is extremely well handled and it's hot. So yes, this was a, a really good read. I really enjoyed all of the books this month and it was a pleasure to read them. Each one of them had something that appealed to me in a different way. The best one of the month for me though was Taken by the Lost Tribe by May Fellowbrook. It was the one that had the best combination of story and sex, which is exactly what I want from my eroticas. Also, we asked Lily Luswood to give us her thoughts on these titles. Here are her thoughts. The first book that I've read was Mixtapes and Mistakes by Deal Holmes. I, I really enjoyed it because there were a lot of references, 90s references, especially the games and the songs. I grew up uh, playing Final Fantasy and, of course, listening to NSYNC. Uh, it was really a fun read. It was really charming. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. it. It was a fun read. It was light. It was nice. And, you know, it, it, it really evoked a lot of reminiscent feelings. The second one is Taken by the Lost Tribe by May Fellowbrook. It was beautiful. It was wonderfully woven. Uh, the buildup of the character, it was really, it was sexy, but it was not overwhelming. It's actually, um, I could say that you will have a good immersion with this book. So yes, thumbs up to Mayfellow Brook. The third book, Chastity, of course. <laughs> this is the type of book that I read. And it was really steamy. If you love BDSM, being chastised, or, you know, if you like chastising someone, you will enjoy this book because it's quite graphic, but that's the good thing about it because you will feel, smell, and hear the things that uh, this person wrote. So Chastity by Melanie Russell, thumbs up. So as much as I loved all of the books, my favorite one that I really enjoyed reading was Taken by the Lost Tribe by May Fellowbrook. I just feel like uh, it's it's very similar to 
the stuff that I write, like, um, it's, it is explicit, but you can see that, um, you know, it has romance in it. And I really felt like I was with a caveman. <laughs> I don't want to say too many spoilers, but it was a really wild ride. I mean, I, the protagonist, she's like so, so relatable, like, you know, because I have a naughty nature, so, and, and an adventurous nature. So I think that it's, it's a really fun read if you're into gang fun and you know consensual gap fun and it's yeah i can't it's fabulous you know good job i mean great job ratings time mixtapes and mistakes is a 3.5 out of 5. I don't want to sound out of turn, but this manuscript was absolutely littered with errors and spelling mistakes. I hope an editor caught them all before the title was published. As stories go, it sort of works, but as erotica goes, it's a bit of a strange fit. I really wanted to enjoy this book. However, the mix of errors, emotional turmoil, and questionable sex scenes have left this book coming up short. Chastity is a 3.9 out of 5. Erotica-wise, this book ticks all the right boxes and shows bags of creativity and potential, and the pacing is impeccable. However, this book is desperately short. The length doesn't damage the story, but it doesn't allow the author to develop a compelling plot with character development and twists in a way a lengthy title does. Taken by the Lost Tribe is a 4.4 out of 5. Ladies and gentlemen, we may have discovered gold. An erotica writer with compelling storytelling paced to perfection with plenty of intense erotica scenes which deviate from romantic narratives. May captures the human sexual impulse to engage with each other from a primal standpoint, reminding us that at our most basic form, we're beings of desire and instinct. So, just to be clear, Taken by the Lost Tribe by Mae Fallowbrook is this episode's star recommendation. The story won't appeal to everyone, but I can almost guarantee that after reading this title, you'll be eager to read more by this author. Thank you to everyone who submitted their titles for review, our team of reviewers, and special guest judges. We think all these books were enjoyable this month and would urge you to check them out for yourselves. Links to all these titles can be found in the description. For those interested in deep dives about these titles, join us on Patreon for Shh! Extra Filth, our secret erotica podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Patreon. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> the awesome author Lily Lustwood has agreed to join us for an interview. Hello, Lily. As a podcast, we're so excited to be a part of your book writing journey. Where did this start for you? I started writing when I was 10, but my first published book was when I was 23. Uh, that was in 2013. It was a paranormal romance novel. <laughs> Erotica, I just recently started two months ago. And... 
I feel like there's so many stories to tell now that I'm 32, so why not? For those unfamiliar with Lily Lustwood, what sort of niches do you write? What can people expect from reading your books? I write about tissification and feminization. So most of, well, all of my protagonists are sissies and they're different from transgender women. Sissies um, and sissification, feminization is under the umbrella of BDSM. It's a kink wherein uh, men, well, most sissies are men, heterosexual males, who who have this fetish of being feminized, sissified, and being dominated by women, uh, you know, from all walks of life. So that's that's my genre. It's very <laughs> distinct. So yes, sissification. We've seen you've been giving away a free audiobook narrated by the excellent Devlin Wilde. How did that collaboration come together? What can people expect to hear? So uh, I was really surprised because I'm very active on social media because I work in marketing. That's my day job. So I have some ways of, you know, connecting to people. And I was surprised that I won because he had this quest for a short story that he'd read for free for. So that's what happened. And um it was amazing. A lot of people are giving their positive comments through email and I'm seeing the clicks and I, I think they're enjoying the sensual and hypnotic voice of Mr. Devlin Wilde. One of the phrases you can't escape when exploring your titles is the word sissy and sissification. How would you describe the meaning of these words to your new potential readers? Yes, to expound on that, uh, sissy is a person who wants to be feminized and they like to wear feminine clothing and they love, they enjoy the art of womanhood and femininity and they embrace that. Uh, so sissification is the process wherein a person sissifies the other. So yes, that's... That's sissy anticipation for you in layman's term. Are some of the books you've written based on your own experiences? A lot of those books, a lot of the scenes are based on my life. And although my book falls under the category of erotica, they're very plot heavy and they have a lot of culture in them. So my other books are called Tokyo Sissy Hostess. It's about uh, the Mamasan culture and the karaoke club scene in Japan. And I have another book that's called The Fifth Wife, and it's about a... Uh, a man who's dating a transgender woman and uh, the challenges of the transgender woman uh, uh, in sneaking into the Middle East because it's not easy to be a transgender woman and travel to the Middle East. So, uh, uh, yes, basically, um, a lot of my stories are, you know, based on my experiences, especially the sex scenes. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you which one is, you know, based on my life, because that's saying too much, I guess. <laughs> Maybe someday. What are you working on next? 
I'm working on the last installment of my Sissy Fairy Tales uh, dark Halloween romance series. So I already have Sissy Rella out, Sissy White and the Seven Dwarves, and I'm working on the Sissy Mermaid. So let's hope I finish it this week. <laughs> Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? Once upon a time. <laughs> That's a preview of my next book, and that's all I can say. It's really fun. Um, let me give you a better hint. It's Octo Fun. <laughs> do you read erotica? If so, which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write? I read a lot of erotica, but most of the erotica that I read has romance sprinkled in it. So definitely my favorite author is Yumi Cox because I find that in her writing, um, it's very similar to mine when it comes to cultures. She's very, uh, you know, I can see from the writing that she knows a lot. So um, it, I, I like books that you know, I, I take new wisdom from. So Yumi Cox is definitely my favorite erotica author or romance author. How can we follow Lily Lustwood on social media? So uh, you can follow me just by searching for Lily Lustwood. That's double L Y and Y. And I'm on Twitter, Goodreads, TikTok, I have a Facebook, but I don't use it that much. So if you really want to connect with me and get a reply ASAP, that would be Twitter, at Lily Lustwood. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Please consider being a part of our growth by writing a review or sharing the episode. Remember, you can also get extra content and access to the team by joining us on Patreon. We'll see you others there. Or if not, we'll see you in a month's time. See you soon. <laughs>